You're listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from the triune God. Amen. So my, my grandmother, my father's mother, she was a, a hard-working woman. Uh, in fact, uh, she owned and operated the most popular ice cream parlor in Memphis. And her place was so loved that actually a bunch of people have recognized my last name on Facebook and have sent me, have sent me really cool messages like this. Hi, Reagan, you don't know me, but... I was just curious if you're related to Edith Umber of the Snow Cream Castle. (laughs) Because my dad's in hospice, and he's asked that one of his last meals be an old gold snow cone just like she made them. But I have no idea what that is. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what a cool message to get. I like remembering my grandmother as someone whose hard work brought joy to so many people. I also like this image of her because I carry with me another very different image of the impact of her work, the impact of her work on herself, which is that I remember how on her days off she would always disappear, this is when we were children, and we would crawl around the house to find her, and we would find her sitting on the very opposite end of the house in her gold-crushed velvet chair, very 1970s, chain-smoking, ashing her cigarettes into a Diet Coke can. And if we got the courage to ask her what she was doing, she would shout back quite unconvincingly, relaxing. (laughs) She wasn't fooling anybody. (laughs) Because my grandmother was someone who only knew how to work. For her, work was her comfort zone. And so she seemed completely unable to cope with life when she wasn't working. So this week I thought a lot about this side of my grandmother as I read through our gospel for today as I read and remembered that the God we follow is the God who's also often in need of a nap. I thought about my grandmother's struggle to step away from work, and then I thought about my own struggle and the struggle of so many people I know with making work the most important thing in our lives to the detriment of our relationships with those we love. And so at first, I thought I would preach about the importance of rest, about how faith itself, like James Allison says, is like relaxing with an old friend. At first, I thought I would preach about how rest and not taking ourselves too seriously is important, especially at a time when the anxieties of the world are high and the work before us seems endless. But the more I thought about it, 
the more I realized that I, I just couldn't bear to preach to you what essentially would be a self-care sermon. And that's not because I don't think rest is actually something we need. I mean, we have to rest. And in fact, I am going uh, on vacation in August. And uh, during part of that time, Brian and I, my partner and I, are going to be going to Cuba, where I am thrilled to learn my smartphone will not work and Wi-Fi will be very spotty. So the reason I can't bear to preach a sermon about self-care isn't because I don't see the benefits of a good vacation, but it's because I'm not sure that all Jesus is saying in today's gospel is that if we take an extra day off of work, we'll all be fine. Because from all that I know about Jesus, I just can't imagine that a trip to the Bahamas is his solution to all the things that weigh us down. To our cancer diagnoses, our crumbling relationships, our our concern for the state of our nation, and to the rage we feel when the rights of the oppressed are trampled on. To all these things, I, I just can't hear Jesus saying, just go take a nap. Because how many times have you returned from a trip to say, now I need a vacation from my vacation? And how many times have you come home from work and said, all I need is a bubble bath or Netflix and Ben and Jerry's and I'll be fine, only to emerge from the bubbles and ice cream more twisted up inside than you started? I mean, my own grandmother, the one who was so good at relaxing, She closed her ice cream parlor for four months every year and stayed home. And yet, true rest was elusive for her. So, no, I can't bear to tell you to just relax and go get a massage, and not because those things aren't good things to do, but because I hear Jesus offering us more than just time away in the desert. I hear him offering us food for our hearts, which will satisfy our deepest need. The very needs that drive us to overwork and overfunction in the first place. But in the gospel you heard read today, we only get part of the story. We get the part where Jesus invites the disciples to come away with him to a deserted place, and then we hear about how the crowd. They could see where they were going, and they beat them there, foiling Jesus' plans for some time alone. But then Jesus, he looks out at the crowd, and it says that he had compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And where it says he had compassion for them, uh, that's actually a pretty poor translation because The Greek word there is splagnizomai, which literally means to have your spleen ripped out. And uh, in ancient Judean society, yeah, the spleen was the seat of emotion and love, just like we say the heart is our seat of emotion and love. So this verse is really saying that when Jesus saw the crowd, Jesus felt his heart being ripped out because they were lost and weighed down by life and couldn't find a way out. But then the next part, 
the lectionary writers, they set it aside for another day, in fact, for for next week, which is the feeding of the 5,000. And so what I get from this, from this juxtaposition between Jesus' heart being ripped out and the feeding of the 5,000, is that Jesus' heart literally breaks for us. And in that breaking, he feeds us the one thing we truly need, which is himself. More than rest, more than vacations to Cuba or Netflix and bubble baths, what we need is Jesus, the one who feeds us from his very own heart. And it's as if every time the heart of Jesus breaks open, he makes more and more space for all the things that weigh us down. All of our worries about money, our anger at our elected officials, our frustration with our children, and our hatred of ourselves. All of those things, they get drawn into the heart of God so that we can lie down in green pastures and so that we can be led beside cool waters so that our souls can be fed. This week, I was talking to a friend who came to uh, Pastor Nadia's farewell liturgy and she pulled me aside. We were at the gym. (laughs) And she said, do you all celebrate the Eucharist every week? I told her that we did and that we also celebrated at housekeeping meetings and at retreats and at all kinds of places. And her eyes just got so big and she said, whoa, that is intense. (laughs) It made me realize that, yeah, it really is intense. And that's because what we need is intense. We need a God who feeds us from her own heart. And takes from us all the things that we don't need. All the burdens and responsibility and work that we are convinced will fix things but in fact do not. Which is why we gather around this table so often. Because we have so much to give away. There is so much weighing on us that God is waiting to take off our shoulders And it is here at this table when we take the bread and the wine that we also surrender ourselves to God and ask God to relieve us of the burden of ourselves. And the promise, the promise is that God will relieve relieve us of those things. That God is waiting with his heart open and beating for us so that we can be free. Uh, One of my favorite parts of the Episcopal Eucharistic prayer that we don't often use here, but but that we will use tonight, uh, goes like this. And here at this table, we offer to you, O Lord, ourselves, our souls and bodies, to be a holy and living sacrifice. I just, I love this theology where God not only feeds us from her heart, but also draws us in so that we can let go of all this, of all that stands between us and the life we are meant to live. 
two, two Sundays ago, that same day, uh, as we were just about to close the church after that lovely but very long liturgy and party, Mike Hoffman ran to tell me that there was a, a young man outside who wanted to get baptized right there on the spot. <laughs> I have to admit that that was the last thing I wanted to do. I was so tired that I wanted to be like, nope, we're Lutherans, we don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but as I talked to him, I, I recognized in him the the same desperation that I so often feel, which is this deep need to know that I'm okay, that I'm loved just the way that I am, and that I am always in the palm of God's hand. And that this is the kind of deep, life-changing rest that Jesus offers to us. Not just a day off from work or a night without screaming kids, but a life free from the fear that we are somehow broken beyond repair and lost without a way out. And so I held up my hand that night and I offered him the one thing Jesus has empowered us to offer all people, which is the assurance that God who is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, loves you as you are. Amen. You have been listening to the sermon podcast for House for All Sinners and Saints. If you like what you've been hearing and would like to support the ongoing ministry of our church, just go to our website, www.houseforall.org, and click on Give.